Hey, thanks for joining us. We're going to uh, share a message about living from the heart and living out of the heart. I think it's really important that we kind of grab hold of this concept of not always searching everywhere, searching the internet, searching, searching, searching to get our information instead of making God the source of getting our information. And something that my wife and I um, just have done for years that we've taken for granted is we've really worked on living from our hearts and and just listening to what the Holy Spirit would say. So I want to take this uh, month of May and really talk about how to live from the heart. Uh, I'm going to read a, a portion of scripture to you out of Matthew chapter 15. It says this in the New King James Version. Then the scribes and Pharisees who were from Jerusalem came to Jesus saying, Why do your disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. Right there makes me just absolutely cringe. Because I know that so many people with religion, they're so stuck on the do's and the don'ts that they forget about Jesus right in the middle of it. But, and their day was no different than ours. And Jesus answered and said to them, why do you also transgress the commandment of God because of your tradition? I like Jesus, he's bold. For God commanded saying, honor your father and mother and he who curses his father or mother, let him be put to death. But you say, whatever, or whoever says to his father or mother, whatever profit you might have received from me as a gift to God. Um, right away, we're seeing that Jesus is pointing out, I love the way Jesus did this. He, he, points, he points to the, to the crux of their problem. He points straight to it. He doesn't sit there and go, oh, well, you know, and reason with them and their human reasoning. No, he goes right to the heart of the problem. And he said, basically, you're living your life any way that you please and you're calling it God. So many people are living like that today. Um, I'm I'm just so disappointed uh, at times in the body of Christ how judgmental they can be and how they could call this spiritual and this not spiritual and their tradition this spiritual, but the word of God maybe not as spiritual. I think we've got to really be careful. So we're going to get into the real crux of the matter right here. Matthew 15, 6 through 20. Now this is in the Amplified. So for the sake of your tradition, the rules handed down by your forefathers, oh, listen close to this. You have set aside the word of God, depriving it of force and authority and making it of no effect. It is actually possible to make the word of God no effect in your life. And so many of us, you know, we don't, we don't think of it that way. We think, well, you know, the, the, the word of God's powerful and God's powerful, which is absolutely true, but we can make it, a deprive it of force and authority and make it of no effect through our human religious traditions. A form of godliness without any power to live risen and seated. We just got done talking in the month of April about living risen with Christ and seated with Christ. Um, the actual word of God fall, falling useless and not performing that which would it, it was able to perform because of tradition and man-made religion. I think so many times we call our relationship with God, you know, we have such traditions. I, honestly, I started to, about five years ago, dismantle every one of those things in my life. I started questioning everything I believed just so I could get to the heart of the matter and say, why do I believe what I believe? You know, so many times we just don't even know what we believe or why we believe it. 
And when it comes down to it, it's the lady with the meatloaf, sorry, in the pan, where they cut off the end of the meatloaf to put it in the pan, and they ask, well, why'd you cut off the end of the meatloaf? Well, because mom's pan was too small. Well, they've been doing these religious traditions all this time because mom's pan was too small. But our life is like that, and we need to really be careful. The word Jesus, now this is an important important point to make. The word Jesus, Jesus is the word, the word is Jesus, John chapter one, is to be experienced. Jesus is to be experienced. You know, we, we go throughout our lives and we don't acknowledge God speaking to us. We don't acknowledge maybe God helping us in a situation. We don't go to God first. We go to the arm of the flesh or our traditions or our crisis mechanisms. But Jesus is supposed to be experienced every day. And the way that we experience Jesus every day is we acknowledge what he's doing in our lives. We acknowledge that he speaks to our lives. We got to acknowledge those things. So Ephesians 3, 16 through 19, the Amplified says this, May he grant you out of the rich treasury of his glory to be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in the inner man by the Holy Spirit himself indwelling your inmost being and personality. May Christ, through your faith, actually dwell, settle down, abide, and make his permanent home in your hearts. Now check this out. He says, May you be rooted deep in love and founded securely on love, that you may have the power and be strong to apprehend and grasp with all the saints, God's devoted people, catch this, the experience of that love, what is the breadth and length and height and depth of it, that you may really come to know practically through experience for yourselves, the love of Christ, which far surpasses knowledge without experience. And the the rest of the verse uh, goes on. But the thing that we find here in the Amplified, he's, he's, he's saying that an experience, a, a relationship with God is to be experienced. It's not supposed to be, well, I got saved once and that's the end of my story and it's been 40 years later. Our story should be all of the experiences and what God's done. I have friends who always talk about all these other ministers and the stories of other ministers, and they're always talking about the other stories of ministers, but they don't have their own story. We need to have our own story to tell, something that will make a difference in people's lives. So he's saying right here that it's to be experienced. Love, or Jesus, he's the word, he's love, is to be experienced, not hard to find and understand and attain to, because then we're in works trying to earn our way. Philippians 3.8 Uh, says this, yes, furthermore, I count everything is lost compared to the possession of the priceless privilege, the overwhelming preciousness, the surpassing worth and supreme advantage of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, and of progressively becoming more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, of perceiving and recognizing and understanding him more fully and clearly. What that's saying to me simply is this, you should have your own experience with Jesus. You personally. Now, does that mean that we're hearing an audible voice and, we're, and we have great miracles happening every day? Absolutely not. I mean, I don't know anybody's life that every moment of the day is miracles and God speaking in a loud voice. That's just not realistic. But we can, I can go along over this past year and tell you all the things that God has done for us and acknowledge those things so that we're plugged into a relationship and not religion. 
Now check this out in Matthew 15, 7. Let's come back to that portion of scripture. Jesus says this to him, says this to them after they said, well, you know, the, the, here's our rules and regulations. And if he's not following it, then it's, then it's not right. Jesus comes right back and he says, you, you pretenders, you hypocrites, admirably and truly did Isaiah prophesy of you when he said, these people draw near me with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but their hearts hold off and are far away from me. Uselessly do they worship me for they teach as doctrines the commandments or the commands of men. This scripture to me is the scariest scripture in the Bible that you could actually be living a life for Christ, living a life for Jesus and actually be not anywhere in the ballpark when it comes to your relationship with him. That is just terrifying to me that we as human beings could get to that point. Living according to man-made doctrine and expecting Jesus results is frustrating. How many times do we do that though? We keep doing the same thing over and 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 over again. We, get, we don't get the results that we're after, but we keep on doing the same thing. And there's a definition for that. It's called insanity. You know, we don't want to be frustrated. We don't want to be, you know, thrown off our game. Jesus said, you're a pretender. You're a hypocrite. You're kidding yourself. Um, this to me uh, is one of the scariest things that we could ever fall into. And, I, and, I, and I'll be honest with you, I have. I've fallen from time to time. I'm going through the motions. My wife and I were talking about this the other day. It's like, I feel, you know, she, she was just saying something that she was dealing with. She said, I feel like I'm just going through the motions, but I am plugging in. I'm speaking the word. I'm saying the word. She said, because it's truth and I'm just, I'm doing it by faith. I think so many times that's what we've got to do is after we acknowledge him, then come back. Listen to this. This is kind of harsh, but it's, it really nails the point home. Message version. Frauds. <laughs> Isaiah's prophecy of you hits the bullseye. These people make a big show of saying the right thing, but their heart isn't in it. They act like worshiping me, but they don't mean it. They just use me as a cover for teaching whatever suits their fancy. Ouch. Man, that's, that's harsh, isn't it? I mean, that's rough. But that's just kind of calling, you know, calling it what it is. I believe that the first step toward this type of life where we become frauds and hypocrites is ingratitude. I think that's the first step towards rebellion. I think it's the first, you know, it's the last step towards rebellion for sure. But ingratitude on a daily basis causes us to feel cold, causes us to be cold, causes us just to be living some laws and ritualistic demands. And that's not what God's called us to do. When we quit acknowledging our source and what we have been given, a living naturally is sure to follow. I don't know about you, but I don't want to live natural. There's too much at stake. Uh, I've got things I'm believing for, for my family, from, for our church, for, for different ones of you. And I mean, even in this room, I'm looking around right now and know pretty much every situation and know what you guys are believing for and what God is you know, putting in your heart. Um, I don't ever want to get to the point where we're just kind of, you know, we just start to live natural. That's just a dangerous place to be. Jeremiah 17, 5 through 8 in the New Living Translation says this. This is what the Lord says. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans, who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. When we cling to works or man-made religion, our hearts turn from the Lord. 
This is why, and I, I need you to hear this. This is huge. This is why law or living by law or religion is so dangerous. It's so, so dangerous when we, because what we do is we're not acknowledging the source anymore. We're not acknowledging that there's a supernatural component in our life. Uh, I'm just so grateful because, you know, even coming out of this, this whole pandemic craziness, and thank God we're coming out of it. Can't wait to have church next week at First Love, May 9th. Aloha, be there. <laughs> uh, looking really forward to that. We're going to do everything right. We're going to do everything according to the CDC and clean everything the way we should and, and, and offer masks if people want them and social distancing. Everything's going to be in place, but we are definitely meeting next week and we're looking so forward to that. Um, <clears throat> uh, let me go back to uh, this verse here. They are stunted uh, like they are like stunted shrubs in the desert with no hope for the future. They will live in barren wilderness and in an un uninhabited salty land. Jeremiah 17, 6, the New King James says this. This is, this is kind of scary as well. For he shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see when good comes. Do you know when we're living naturally, when we're not acknowledging our source, when we're just kind of going through the motions, actually won't even see good when it comes. Man, that's, a, that's just a, a scary place to be. So I don't know about you, but I want to know exactly what it is I need to do to stay out of that place. But blessed, this is, this is our heritage right here, but blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along the riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaf stays green and they never stop producing fruit. The key ingredient, I think, in, in us living uh, a, a supernatural life, a life connected to God where God's leading us and guiding us and moving things for us and helping us and, and providing for us, the key ingredient is gratitude and acknowledging our source on an everyday basis. You know, I don't, I don't go through the motions when I read the Bible in the morning anymore. I, I, I look forward to it every morning. It's the very first thing I do when I wake up, tired, whatever, get a cup of coffee and sit down because I'm going to spend, you know, spend time. I'm going to say how much time I spend in the Word because I don't want that to be a benchmark either because that's silly. I love this. Jennifer said this to me years ago and it just really has stuck with me. She's, I said, well, how long do you do praying or how long do you, she said, till I'm satisfied, till my heart feels satisfied. And I think that could be a, a great benchmark. And I remember back in the 80s when Larry Lee, maybe you guys don't even know who that is, but Larry Lee had this, can you not tarry, could you not tarry for one hour? And it, became, it was great and everything and it's all good, but it just, for me, it just became a bunch of law. Okay, I've got to pray here. I'd pray as like a house of fire and I'd look up, surely it's been 53 minutes, six minutes. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's crazy, right? But uh, I think that the most important thing we can do is just keep a grateful heart and keep, uh, keep ourselves in a place where we're acknowledging consistently and diligently our, our source. You know, I hope that today's message um, kind of set up something that's gonna be real good for you to do things intentionally. Do things according to what the Word of God says. 
do things and stay out of condemnation, away from law, and stay in the freedom and righteousness that Jesus gives us. We want to absolutely and totally do that. I hope that just lit a fire on the inside of you to be that person and to get there. And I pray for you in the name of Jesus that may God bless you. May he keep you. May his face shine upon you. Uh, May he show goodness and graciousness to you. I pray that you would be absolutely affected as the Lord's countenance is upon you and he gives you peace. And I pray for great strength and grace for your week this week. And we'll see you next Saturday at the First Love Building. God bless.